Hello again, listeners. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Filmed in Canada. We're a podcast about Canadian movies. I'm William Lee, and joining me again is... Alexander Cairns. Nice to see you back, Alexander. Hope you're having a good summer. Yeah. Been playing lots of Pokemon. Are you really? Oh, yeah. yeah it's all the time. Okay. Have you caught them all? I've caught a good portion of them, <laughs> but not all. Okay. In fact, you have to travel the world in order to catch them all. So. Wow. That, and is that, uh, will that be on your bucket list of sorts to, <laughs> to catch various Pokemon in different countries? I feel like if I find myself in those locales, I might pull my phone out, but I wouldn't make a point of traveling to Australia specifically to catch a Kangaskhan. <laughs> Kangaskhan. Is that yeah. a real thing? Yeah. I love the names of them, actually, yeah. but um, I haven't, I don't play Pokemon myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for joining me. By the time this posts, summer will probably be over. But yeah, uh, yeah. And Pokemon will be a thing of the, Pokemon Go will be a thing of the past. You think? No. Okay. Hopefully, I <laughs> get it up before I get this episode up before uh, Pokemon fades out. Pokemon, Pokemon, dude, don't don't be like the like out of touch old person that calls it Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> okay. I was just a slip of the tongue. I know it's Pokemon. Yeah. But that is the thing that I've noticed with old out-of-touch people is they say Pokemon. Really? <laughs> yeah. do, do you think kids try to get their parents into Pokemon so that they can get rides around town? Yeah. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about... Um, gee, is there a good segue from go to go Pokemon to that? Um, no. no, I guess not. So we're just going to be talking about uh, Paul Gross's 2015 movie Hyena Road today. It's a war movie. It's about Canadian soldiers in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had... Uh, uh, Contemporary. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, it takes place in the... Um, present in day. Present day, pretty much. Is there still a Canadian, presen- a pre- Canadian presence in Afghanistan? Do you, uh, do you know for sure? Oh, man. I remember there was the whole thing going on for a while where like the... They were going to send the fighter jets and then they, they weren't going to send the fighter jets. And it was like something that the liberals platformed on and then they hmm. ended up sending them anyway. I don't know. I My quick response is yes, but like I'm not an expert. That's fine. Um, probably most general public Canadians don't know what their involvement around the world is. Yeah. yeah. Um, they do reference um, like in, in terms of trying to point at some enemy uh, the characters do say there's the Taliban. So uh, I would assume it's in in a time frame between the uh, U.S. invasion of Iraq and uh, and before ISIS becomes a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, we'll get into that. Um, Although I would presume that the Taliban still exists. I think so, but aren't they kind of overshadowed by ISIS? ISIS has yeah. become like a more of a of a force than the Taliban. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I guess around the time that this movie came out, the conservatives were like they had their whole plan to. For, there was a bombing mission against ISIS at like near the middle of last year, mm-hmm. and then the liberals were like, "No, we gotta we gotta phase that out." And then I don't think that they fully did. But again, I'm not an expert. Mm. Please, case, please email us and yeah, inform us. Doesn't matter. That's beyond the scope of this movie. Um, so let's get into Hyena Road. Um, you, you were initially, um, like made aware of it because you were, uh, when we were talking about Guy Madden, um, you had, um, you told me that Guy Madden was supposed to make a behind the scenes documentary about this movie and he went off and made something else. <laughs> yes. He made a short 
called Bring Me the Head of Tim Horton, which is fantastic and is findable on the internet if you know the right people. Mm-hmm. Again, you can email us. I'll send you a link. <laughs> it actually, it might be on iTunes even because I feel like... Um, like it screened at the Canada's top 10 film festival thing at the beginning of the year. And I would think that they would just package those shorts and like put them up available online somewhere, but it, it might also not be available because it wasn't like approved by the production. I don't think mm-hmm. they weren't happy with the outcome of it. So it exists as a guy Madden short film, not as a um, compliment to Hyena road. I yeah. Guess. It's more of a commentary on the Canadian film industry and how, Guy Madden suffers and is not able to make the art that he wants to make. And yet Paul Gross is given his millions of dollars. I don't know. Did you actually look up the budget on this? No, I didn't. Yeah. But you have to imagine it's higher than possibly any Canadian production ever. I would like, it's got to be up there. I wonder. wonder. Yeah. Um, Well, uh, well, let's, let's uh, talk about money in, in, in terms of uh, Paul Gross then. Okay. Of like well-known Canadian filmmakers or celebrities, um, I suppose Paul Gross is one of them because uh, he um, he was in um, a TV show in the '90s called Due South. That okay. was when I first heard of him, um, which was a, a cop drama. I think it was produced in the U.S., uh, but I'm not not positive about that. But it, it had like a I think a Chicago cop paired with a Canadian Mountie. Or okay. something like that, and uh, and so they had to solve cases together. <laughs> I never watched a single episode of it, but I know, but I know, like that you know, sounds they're... absurd. <laughs> uh, um, but it's uh, like North America's version of Interpol, or I, I guess maybe they only they could only work on cases that were like happening on the border. Or something. <laughs> um, Paul Gross played the Mountie. You're in my jurisdiction, <laughs> and um, he's um, he's parlayed that celebrity into like being a, a film director so he also directed men with brooms um a movie about curling and Is that leslie nielsen right was leslie nielsen in that uh, i haven't actually seen it but i don't i don't know I, th- I feel like i can picture him on the poster okay i don't remember leslie nielsen being but, but I, yeah i i didn't see it either um and then he did the uh, the war drama passiondale yeah. which i did not see no okay and uh, and so now he's done another war movie uh, in contemporary times. I wonder what kind of grosses um, his movies, uh, what kind of box office his movies make. Because uh, yeah, he is able to see. He seems how to much be able does, to get these how much can gross projects done. gross? <laughs> yeah. How gross? How much gross can gross gross? Uh, is there anything about budget? Let's see. Because uh, I'm looking at like the. The mobile version of it, right? Yeah. yeah. It's usually near the bottom, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it says the weekend box office. Opening weekend box office was uh, $14,000. No, $1,400. $1,400? 1400? So, <laughs> that doesn't tell us anything. Yeah. Weekend gross. Because it opens on two screens, it makes $1,400, right? So, yeah. yeah. And it's not, not helpful information, IMDb. Uh Well, I guess we're not going to find it on the mobile version today. Somebody email us. We want emails. But anyway, but I, the, just to get back to this Guy Madden short before we get into Taina Road, it's just, it, it, for the most part, it's sort of juxtaposing Guy Madden's attempts at whatever the fuck he's doing and his inability to finance those things. And then this 
other gentlemen getting money to to make whatever not as high art no. thing that he wants to make. Yeah, it's uh, I mean taking Hyena Road as 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 the example, it really does seem to be um, like devoid of any art. I mean, it, it seems like it's for the masses. It is a very simplistic way to present a conflict in a in a war zone and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it, and I think there's 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 elements of it that we can identify um, when we pick it apart that seem like they're they're built in for certain audiences, right? Yeah. Um, I think it is something that feels like it's trying to be an American movie where it is for everyone. Um, so I, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's it's meant to be popular, but it wasn't because it made four fourteen hundred dollars <laughs> on the two screens it opened. Yeah, it could be doing well on cable. I guess we don't know. But we don't know. Those yeah. numbers are never released. Yeah. Anything, I, I remember it had a it had a uh, proper theatrical release when it came out. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I just don't remember it uh, making a lot of noise. Do you want to talk about the plot a little bit? I don't even know, man. Okay, because like. It like the plot doesn't even really establish itself until like the latter third of the movie. I forgot about the what the mission was yeah. until they mentioned it about um, yeah more than halfway into the movie. Um, I didn't even know that there was a mission until halfway through. Hyena Road was the mission to build the road. Yep. The that was that was supposed to be the reason why they have to make all the contacts in in the territory is because they want to get um, permission or or help to make this road. So the the Canadian military wants to make hyena road that goes into the territory, <laughs> so they can uh, you know they can have um, uh, a strategic um, advantage, right? And it's, <laughs> it's going into. Hostile territory, so they need the help of the locals. Yeah. Uh, there's the general who keeps showing up, and he says, "Like I lost two civilians this week. I lost fuck." Yeah, um, and so Can't that's put up with this bullshit. Fuck, they're fucking up our fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's supposed to be the drive for this team to to go in and uh, you know make friends with the with the locals or or make it safe. They never show you Hyena Road. They never show you like the crew of civilians that's working on Hyena Road and being killed off so that, oh no. my God, we can't continue working. No. They just they just have the general show up and say, hey, what about Hyena Road? I need your help to get Hyena Road done. <laughs> they obviously didn't have that much of a crew in Jordan and they couldn't film those scenes. It was seen. And they couldn't recreate a desert in Manitoba. Yeah. Well, it seems like they, they blew their... It seems like they blew their budget on a couple of uh, explosions and, and war scenes, yeah. uh, battle scenes, which are pretty good, actually. I think there's decent battle scenes in this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just the very fact that that is the plot of the movie is ridiculous to me. It's like it's it's about as Canadian as a war movie could get because it's like we're oh. over there essentially doing nothing. No, we're building we, a road. We gotta get the public's work project done. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> I do not understand why you would write a movie around that. Like, there has to be more interesting things that we have contributed, both like p- positive or negative. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? Oh well, you know that's. I think that's a good point. Like the reputation of the Canadian military and like their involvement with, uh, with peacekeepers and stuff like that. There could have been another story, right? Yeah, yeah, like some sort of rescue mission or something other than mm. just building a road. Yeah. Well, the the road then, um, it seems to be like the, the background detail. And so you have this, um, this team of, 
it looks like snipers. It's a sniper team. I couldn't really tell. I mean, they have. It seems like they have two ace snipers in their team. Yeah, and they uh, they crack they jokes with each other. They yeah, they go and they they sit on a mountain uh, and then they they observe. They tell you what's going on and then they shoot some people. And then they, they tell you what's going base. on in coded language that makes absolutely no sense and involves using the word Quebec a lot for some reason. Like in the codes that they were using, mm-hmm. they essentially only used one letter of the alphabet, and that was Q, so that they could keep saying Quebec, Quebec, nine or nine or five, four, fifth, 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 yeah. fifth, Quebec, Quebec. Yeah. Um, <laughs> could we? Can we assume? Quebec. Can we assume because they're always in the like the same territory, and that's it's always under the QQ on the map. But it's a movie. Like you can come up with any bullshit code for anything. It doesn't matter. It really draws attention to itself. Yeah. yeah. So let, okay. Let's let's we want to talk about the uh, military speak. Uh, let's talk about that opening scene. Uh, there's a this battle scene where what happened again? Um, remind me what happens at the beginning. They're they're just at the top of a hill and they see this guy like trying to bury a a warhead. Okay. And then they, they shoot him. They think he's planning a bomb on the road. They okay. shoot him, and then they're coming back, and they notice some tar on the on the asphalt, and so they like shoot at the tar, and one of it blo- one of them blows up. Let me. And then, can I? Can we pause there for a second? Yeah. Okay. So that scene where they're uh, they see something on the road which seems um, not right. Um, did you know what they were looking at? Yeah, there were little. There were little like squares of of tar yeah. on top of the asphalt but they don't say why that is weird right well yeah. it's just weird because it's there it's like, like an imperfection it's... on the road so yeah they thought like there's something okay. yeah all right i was when that scene was playing out i just i know that there was something on the road that looked a different color but i didn't know like why that was drawing their attention so, yeah anyway um dude they're they're military professionals like they know this stuff but but my point is uh the way that they talk to each other it's it's so internal that like it doesn't it doesn't let the audience yeah, in to no, like understand I, what they're I, doing. I was yeah. being sarcastic. They should have made it much clearer what yeah, was happening. But that's part that's part of the uh, like the the first uh, the first act of the movie is just buried in this sort of uh, like it's on the inside of, of the code, war room. Yeah. It's all in code. It's all uh, it's all military lingo. So it just doesn't want to let you in. And I think it's like they want to they're they're striving for authenticity. But I, I think it's just, um, it just it feels very alienating. Yeah. I, you just have no idea what's going on because it's literally just people spewing codes back and forth to each other. And the one main sniper guy was like really mumbly and I couldn't understand what he was saying half the time. And I f- it felt like he was trying to put on like some weird accent because he didn't sound Canadian. Are you you talking about uh, Ryan? Yeah, I, I don't know what his name was. The Ryan. Uh, yeah, he looked, he, I thought he looked like Billy Zane. But okay. then, then he kind of, then he talked in like a really forced Brooklyn accent for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think that's Ryan uh, who's played by uh Rossif Sutherland. Yeah. But so anyway, so they they shoot out these tar things and then that explodes and then but yeah, it's just it like there's no point to it other than to like initiate you into this group of of snipers, I guess, but like there's the, it, you're not getting any sense of their characters or anything because they're speaking in these codes and you have no idea what the fuck's going on. But I wanted to get back to even before that was the opening shot um, or maybe not like the very opening shot, but um, like Paul Gross gives the 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 like voiceover, yes. and he's like, "It's a rough," and it ends, "It's a rough road," 
And then, and then there's like a two minute long shot of just a car shaking, going, but you don't see the car. You just, it's like a point of of view. It's a point of view of a car, which great. Like what the fuck? But it's just going up a hill, a rough road, I guess. And then it gets to the top and then a dude walks across it. And you asked at one point, you're like, is there going to be any payoff to this? And it's, and there wasn't. Except that we got to the point where we're getting to. Yeah. 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 But like, like if you want to demonstrate a rough road, like like have someone like riding along, and then another dude's like chasing them, and it's like shooting, and like you know what I mean. Like create an action scene out of it. Don't just like yeah. go up a road. Uh, one of the first notes I wrote down was, "Who is narrating? Why is he narrating?" <laughs> uh, so it seems to serve a double purpose of explaining like what the bases are and that sort of thing, but then also like waxing philosophical about. Mm-hmm. Alexander the Great. Yeah. And like how Afghanistan's always been at war, essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, so the other main character is uh, Mitchell, who is an intelligence officer. He's played by Paul Gross. And I didn't recognize him at first. Did you know that that's what Paul yeah. Gross was going to look like? Yeah. Because okay. I, w- I was still thinking, I was still picturing like the, the Mountie from Do South. Right. But um, he's, um, you know, he looks like a, like a, a guy who's got some miles on him right and yeah. i think he's i think he's trying to put on like a george clooney yeah. charisma thing yeah <laughs> it almost works i think he like it, among this class among this cast i think he's like the one that stands out he's got the most presence as as like uh um someone that you want to like watch and, and listen to but he also becomes a vehicle for like just making offhanded kind of insensitive comments about the Afghan people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's always making fun of the guy for cleaning the, the chairs and the, and the carpets. It's like, Oh, it's yeah, always yeah. dusty. Like why clean the carpets? Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. He gets, he gets, uh, all those like one liners to yeah. show he's like cooler than the other people. Right? But, but a lot of times I just feel like it comes off as, as just kind of crass and stupid. Like, it. Mm. well, he gets a speech at one point, um, with, uh, um, he and Ryan are talking about like their situation in in Afghanistan, and uh, and Ryan says something like he thinks he's you know he's there to um, to make a difference with one bullet he might make a difference right? yeah and then and then and, and you notice in that shot it was there was a Canadian flag framed in the background too I did not I didn't catch <laughs> that that's nice um, the and then, so Mitchell uh, he talks about uh, oh and they were playing ball hockey. In the background. There's a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Mitchell, who's like an, an intelligence guy, uh, he says, like, he's, he's talking about how he's in the, uh, the hearts and mind operation, which plays better, even though it's only PR. Uh, and then he says, uh, these people don't want our democracy and, and the rest of it. They just want our money. Uh, and then he finishes his speech by saying, but I'm not a cynical man, not about these people, not about, these, not about this place. What did he say leading up to that? Would justify capping off his speech with that line. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. No. No, he's just, I, I feel like he's just wanting to like present all of these different ideas about what a war is and what it's trying to accomplish and what the failures are and what the successes are, but not really demonstrating those in the action of the movie. And then also not having those positions be presented through characters that are consistent like all the characters are are constantly inconsistent in in what 
what side they're on or and it's like you know we we got to rescue these girls or whatever like that you know what are we doing here if we're not going to save some girls that get kidnapped but like none of that really gets driven home through any kind of consistent message i don't feel like i couldn't tell sometimes also if if i thought the characters were acting like the, the soldier characters i didn't know if they were convincingly like professional soldiers because like, sometimes they would they'd have reactions to uh to moments that just seemed like it was very emotional and like oh but but we gotta do something i'm gonna disobey orders and somebody else would have to say no stand down that's an order and yeah those are the rules of engagement and it's so, like well if these are professional soldiers they would they would know how to behave in that situation yeah. instead of like having to like argue about it even in some of the firefights and shootouts it it just seemed like like the the choreography and like the blocking just wasn't you established, and, and so it just seemed like they were like, "Oh shit, where do I go now?" <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't. I didn't feel like they they were planning their shots and like actually figure out. Okay, we need to get from here to here, and like you go here, you go there. Mm. It wasn't tactical in any way, mm. mm-hmm. or at least it wasn't. Yeah, the the characters and the writing didn't communicate it. I, I mean, even that that first uh, big firefight. Uh, where they're being they're being chased by a lot of I guess Taliban fighters that they that they turn around and say there's a village let's go take refuge in the village it just seemed like a very uh, impulsive thing like because they're in t- they're in enemy territory how do you know that you're not just going to the enemy's base yeah like, it just seemed like there's well like, and and you're also putting like civilians potentially, potentially dozens or hundreds of civilians in, yeah. in, in danger yeah it just seems the the decision making just seems very questionable and yeah. uh and the, the only reason they do that is so that they can introduce this ghost character mm-hmm. who again it was just so inconsistently presented because it's like he he used to fight with the taliban and then he said oh fuck i just want to farm or whatever so like Right. See you later, and then now they're trying to like recruit him as some sort of informant for them, or that's unclear. It's totally yeah. unclear. Like, what is it that they want him to do for them? So they, they, um, they, this group of snipers, they are essentially saved by this uh, this old Afghani guy. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, the intelligence officer thinks that it is this old um, this old war hero from when. Uh, Afghanistan was uh, was fighting against the Soviets, and so he wants he thinks he'll recruit him, but for what purpose? It, it's it's unclear. Yeah. yeah, just to have another person on their side, I guess. Yeah, um, and so so they need to build this road, man. Like they got to build the road, and to build the road, they're gonna make connections with this uh, with, o- with Obi Wan Kenobi, like a retired warrior, right? Um, who people believe doesn't exist. And he does. He does disappear at the end. So. Yes, I know that was that was a terrible, that was a terrible bit. Uh, Especially because uh, like he like the car the car like drives past the frame and then he's gone. Yeah. And then, but then the characters are like, "Wait, where the fuck did he go?" Like, what right, happened? Yeah, because we're, we're the perspective we're seeing is like through someone's telescope, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He doesn't comment on that. He really was a ghost. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's. Um, what kind of movie is this? I think it's a decent 90-minute B-grade war movie. But I think it has like the, 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 the pretense of being something more, being like a, uh, a statement about Canada, yeah. their involvement in the, Afghanistan the, and all and this kind of stuff. Like, I, think, I think with a lot of you know, ideas that don't translate into good movies, they kind of they establish it at the beginning and the end with voiceover. Right. 
because basically he talks about like the Alexander the Great thing at the beginning and the end. And like, that's the grand statement mm-hmm. and everything in the middle. It's like throw a love story in there. We'll fill up two hours and like, there you go. But so, so do you, for, to you, it feels like it, like the, the theme of the whole thing comes together after they've finished making it. No, I feel like, I feel like he started out with that idea. I don't even, and I don't even really know what the idea is, but he started out with some idea, mm. couldn't adequately communicate it, and then added on some voiceover at the beginning and the end. That stuff, the, the stuff, um, where, fuck, I can't remember his name. Mitchell. The stuff where Mitchell, <laughs> it's, it's just, I didn't even, I, it's I, such a boring uh, name. I, All I of them have boring know. names. I didn't yeah. know what his name was. The stuff where he is uh, like thinking about talking about the war in philosophical terms, also, it's pointless. It doesn't. It there's no mean. There's no reason for it to be there other than to like give the movie a bit of uh, like pretension. It feels yeah. like um, the stuff. One of the speeches he gives about Alexander the Great, and I don't. I don't know if it's true or not. But he he talks about how Alexander sent his his mother wrote to Alexander when he was out conquering the world and said, "Why are you in Afghanistan?" I don't know if they would have called it Afghanistan back then. No. Okay. He sends back some soil and 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 tells her to sprinkle it around and see what happens. And then she observes like, oh, people fought over the soil. Uh, it caused people to fight. And yeah. his, and his his response was, yes, um, even the even the ground is hostile. Yeah. What does that mean? That doesn't explain why Alexander the Great wants to have Afghanistan. No, and it doesn't explain why they're building this fucking road. It doesn't explain anything. Like it, it, it just d- doesn't connect to anything. But like I said, that's that's like the grand statement, mm-hmm. and which is empty. It's yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's it's full it's, philosophical, it's, it, and it's it's clearly what's the word apocryphal. Like it, like th- that's the type of story that like gets passed down through the ages, but definitely is not true. <laughs> like the, the, Alexander the Great's mother did not spread soil on the ground, and all of a sudden, dudes just started fighting. Like that makes no sense. Could have it could have coincidentally happened that she spread the soil, and then some dudes just happened to pass by that were already fighting and right. fought over the soil. But like, or just, maybe they passed by and said, "Like it's a metaphorical who, blah blah." Who dumped blah, all the know? soil here? Are you going to clean it up? No, you should clean it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's but it's 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 like a it's a a mythical tale that's meant to prove a point or sure whatever but, but it doesn't say anything about about this particular movie yeah, yeah. so why why does uh, yeah why what does that say about canada's involvement in, Af- in afghanistan because they want some soil it doesn't it, it, yeah anyway i think without that there is there is a decent like just an action movie in here a war themed action movie yeah and, get rid of the fucking road well a mission is fine, like, but be clear about what the mission is, right? But it's just stupid. Well, getting a Building strategic... Building a road. A strategic ex- advantage. That's that's just, you know, that makes sense. The bridge on the river Kwai is about building a bridge, but it, it but it's like so much, it's about so much more than that, and it's a great movie. Yeah. You've seen the bridge on the river Kwai. I have not. Okay, I recommend it. Yeah. It's but David they, Lean, right? It's David Lean, and they yeah. have to build a bridge. On the river Kwai. That's right. Over... <laughs> I'm okay if uh, whatever the the mission is, but have the movie be about the mission. Not don't just say like we have to do this thing and then just concentrate on an, on another storyline. Another distracting storyline is the stupid romance, which yeah. um, completely unnecessary. It's unnecessary. You don't. I, I'm speaking for myself, I guess, but um, I just didn't care about the characters. No. And then the motions that they go through are just so cliched. Yeah. Um, that you know the guy's gonna die at the end, and like. They're gonna cry over it, and you, you know you that laugh, she you laughed out loud when when she was getting the ultrasound. 
Yeah, I, I was a bit uh, agog that they had a scene where uh, at the military base, she could have like a quiet um, um, examining room with another with another doctor. And they did the ultrasound shot and they looked at the monitor and said, oh my God, you're pregnant. <laughs> I thought that was um, hilarious yeah. <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, uh, I, I almost was expecting that the movie would finish with like a giving birth scene. <laughs> could be fantastic (laughs) there's an Um, episode of sensate that ends with all of the characters reflecting back on their births and it's amazing really (laughs) okay if we're gonna do digressions there was an episode of uh of psych have you you seen psych it's um it's like a comedic uh cop show when was it from not that long ago, but okay. yeah, but because um, I was going to say, you seem to always reference television shows that are like thirty years old. So I just get the sense that you stopped watching TV a long time ago. <laughs> no, it was an episode of Psych. It was made in uh, I think the late '90s to the early 2000s. Yeah, uh, that's but, pretty old. No, 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 no. Actually, no. It's, it's more recent than that. No, they were shooting. They've been they've been shooting here like in 2012. Uh, so no, so I take that back. It's like it's it's pretty recent. But I'm just kind of catching up on on, on Netflix. Yeah. But there was an episode where they're 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 solving a crime. And at the end of the at the end of the episode, they like they confront the guy who's doing the crime, and so like, we got you, we're gonna catch you. And then he like he 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 busts out of there. There's a big there's an action scene, and the bad guy gets away. And the characters say, "Oh, forget him. Our friend is uh, our friend's giving birth. We got to go back to the hospital." <laughs> and that was the end of the episode. <laughs> nice. um, is it played as a joke? Or? No, I think it was like because they had to get back to their friends uh, yeah. giving birth. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so uh, there's a, a place. Should they watch Psych or? I like Psych. Yeah, yeah. Sense Eight is fantastic. But there's a there's certainly a time and place for drama surrounding uh, being pregnant and giving birth. Um, I don't think it needed to be in Hyena Road. No. Yeah. So I think it's fine to have like two people having a relationship and like. Um, just because it, it's something that that I haven't seen in a war movie before, where you where you have uh, like a, a heterosexual relationship that's sort of being kept a secret. I think that's fine as just kind of a side thing that you know comes up every once in a while. But don't turn it into this grand thing. So it takes that, up a so lot that, of time. So that all of the all of the, the climactic emotion at the end of the movie is surrounding this guy's death when it. That's is the, ultimately irrelevant. That's the only way that we would have like given a shit about the climax of the movie is because yeah. we know like oh someone's waiting for him back at the base. Um, nothing about their relationship is interesting. No, nothing about the characters is very interesting. So that they're that they're lovers in wartime, we don't care. Um, so how how do you go, how do you say that like nothing about this movie or the characters are interesting yet it's a decent b grade or or you're saying there's something in there that could be made into a better movie i think there's a lot of effort put into um just staging the battle scenes there's uh some there's characters who who uh you know stand around doing their military speak and i thought i think if it if it just concentrated on here's your group of guys a ragtag bunch of dudes who are on a mission they have to go out and complete a mission they get into a firefight there's a little complication. They got to get back. They got to get out of here because if there was something to give us, um, if there's character details that made us care about them and we thought, like, oh, I hope they get back home, mm-hmm. I think that would have been a fine movie. The effort, though, was just put into this other stuff that we don't care about and doesn't play well. Yeah. 
um, the stuff about Afghan culture, about like the the like the mythical nature of this this uh, old warrior that they might have uh, that that might have resurfaced, all of that stuff just seems phony. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't buy it at all in terms of being authentic about like Afghan culture. It's just stuff that uh, Paul Gross, the screenwriter, made up. Yeah. So why why not just make up like a decent war movie, a decent action movie, is what I mean. Yeah, right. That's why I think there's something in here that that would have worked. Um, so at two hours with with the stuff about uh, um, uh, like the moral quandary of Canadians being in Afghanistan and about the about the the wartime romance. I just got pretty, um, pretty impatient with it. Yeah. yeah. Did you like anything about it? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Because even even like the battle scenes, like I'm just thinking of um, the opening battle sequence. What, like right after they shoot that thing on the asphalt and it blows up, and then the guys charge at them. The whole scene is obscured by smoke. Like you can't see anything. And but, but that's not played up for like like oh the guys can't see each other and they can't see the enemy so like it's like it doesn't it doesn't heighten the tension at all it just makes it harder to see everything and I'm pretty sure it was CGI smoke too it did oh. not it did not look real and so like the enti- like there were a couple shots where the entire frame is just literally obscured with smoke and all the bad guys are on the one side of it and all the good guys are on the other side of it and so they're just shooting at nothing and then there was one where the guy gets to the top of the hill and he shoots down but you literally you can't even like the line of sight because of the hill is such that you can't even see like the heads of anyone you can't see anything you can just see the smoke coming over the top of the hill and he's shooting down and it's like why are you showing that it makes no sense and then, like, it just cuts to an insert of some guy getting shot in the leg. And it's like, okay, great. Like, what the fuck? I don't know. I, I couldn't understand, like, like that opening shot of the, of the car going up. Like, there were just a lot of, a lot of shots that just didn't seem to make any sense to me. Mm, okay. And then just compositionally, he would, he would place things in the frame in really weird ways. Like, there was there, that, that, that scene where Mitchell... He, there, and and the other guy is it Paul, Peter, Ryan, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Sanders. So so Ryan and Mitchell are having their like grand discussion about you know what we're doing here and you know whatever he finishes like he's he finishes saying I'm not cynical about this or that or whatever. That conversation starts where they're walking through the camp mm-hmm. and then they get to the washroom. And they're continuing their conversation, and there's just a dude in the front of the frame washing his hands, <laughs> and it's and it holds on him for like ten seconds while they continue their conversation. I found that distracting too, yeah, because it cuts to an, it cuts to another angle, and he has to like he has to keep the continuity by finishing washing his hands and all yeah. This, yeah, and then and then and then it, and then it just cuts to them on a bench. It's like okay, well then like just just like have them walk to the bench. Like why do they need to walk to the washroom and then go to the bench? Mm-hmm there's there's just a lot of um yeah composition work and there's a lot of like uh action blocking that is it just feels very how do i want to phrase this bad distracting yeah right yeah it's just yeah there's just a lot of stuff going on when to make it look like there's some busy there's some business in the frame yeah except it's just it doesn't it it doesn't need to be there no and um there was another one where is it again i can't remember peter paul ryan mary Mitchell? Mitchell and okay. Ryan. 
Mitchell and Ryan. They're yeah. the two main yeah. dudes. So, so Mitchell and Ryan are having another like heated conversation mm-hmm. after after the girls get kidnapped and they don't save them. And he's like, you know, what are we doing here? Like this, what what is this whole war about? And they're like, almost they could conceivably get into a fight or whatever. And so some guy tries to step in to like stop them, and Paul Gross just pushes him off. But then he's right in the center of the frame, and so now I'm watching him walk back toward this like thing that he was working on, and now he's like fiddling with some yeah. machinery or whatever. <laughs> and, like I couldn't pay attention to what what Mitchell and, and Ryan were talking about for the rest of that scene because I'm just staring at this guy because was he's more literally right in the center. It was more interesting to watch this guy who, <laughs> yeah, this big hefty guy who suddenly is distracting yeah. and he's working on some big piece of artillery. It's yeah. like, whoa, wonder what that's about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, a, piece of, uh, a piece of action that totally distracted me. It was in the middle of like a long bit of, and there's a couple of scenes where there's a long bit of exposition where just yeah. people are talking about, and, and then we're going to do this and get in touch with this guy, and then you do this, and then hopefully it plays out and we can do all these other things. In the middle of this long section of talking, Mitchell pauses and he starts to play darts. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's throwing darts at someone's face, like someone's yeah. photo is attached to the thing, but I couldn't tell who yeah. it was. But he's still talking about whatever their mission is. And he's like, yeah. and, and also don't remember, don't forget that we got to get this done. I'm going to, but I got to concentrate on making this hit on the tart board. And then he just comes back to them. And I was, I forgot what he was talking about. Cause yeah. it's just like, why is he doing that? There are, I, I think it's essentially like the movie in a nutshell is like a bunch of stuff happens and then someone tries to explain what happened and you get distracted by something else that's going on in the frame <laughs> and so you forget what actually happened. Yeah. The, the the type of footage that is assembled too, a lot of it is is looks like it's stock footage that I was, was no, I was gonna say I was gonna say like I wouldn't be surprised if you saw like a Getty Images watermark on on some of the shots. <laughs> like, yeah. Well there there's uh, credits for an Afghanistan crew, but it wasn't filmed in Afghanistan. So yeah. they probably just sent someone and said get a bunch of footage. Get second unit yeah. stuff, yeah. But it's it's just put in there so that they have lots of montage bits uh, to establish where they are. But and, but also for moments to have voiceover. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. And there's and then all the military uh, shots. It's like uh, in K City, you breathe in your own shit. Or <laughs> yes. no, K what K A F. K K City's Kandahar and then and okay. then the base is called the Can Kandahar Airfield. Yeah. K A F. You breathe in your own shit. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Paul Gross, actually. <laughs> the first time that we see a fighter jet taken off. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that the, the the camera pans across, and there's like these big there's these big um, floodlights in the way, and I just I think I wondered if if like that was the only time they could get a shot of a plane. It was like oh look look point the camera over there right now oh uh, did you get it did you miss it <laughs> we'll just use it whatever yeah. right because that was we'll as fix good it as in post got. yeah uh, and then there's other stuff where like there's there's a helicopter flying around it's always the same camera angle like it, that's the it's it's been attached to uh, uh, to the bottom of the helicopter yeah yeah they use they use that footage from that angle like a couple of times yeah. so it's just a lot of stuff pieced together to make the movie um, in, in in editing and it just it just feels kind of hodgepodge yeah yeah and then if I, I think a lot of a lot of the shootings, like a lot of the a lot of the murders happen in post as well, like CG. Yeah, the there was the a last, lot of blood spatter. And oh, stuff the like last that. fire flight. The 
the last firefight was pretty cool for like how it was just like a splatter movie. Yeah. 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 Dude got his face ripped off. And the, when the, when the, when the one guy, the BDK, mm-hmm. when he got shot, like the sniper guy shoots him in the neck and then his head like Are slowly you? falls off. Yeah. <laughs> it was so strange. Oh yeah. Did like, that just, actually happen? I th- probably. I mean, if uh, those, if, those big bullets, if it cuts you the right way, I'm it sure. It just would, your head would just slide off the top of your body. I don't know. All of, whenever people got sniped, they, they were able to like sit down and like contemplate their death. <laughs> <it Yeah>. seemed. <laughs> yeah. They would all, they would all fall into the same like yoga pose <laughs> of like, like on your knees. Muhammad. Okay. So the, the ghost. So the guy that they, uh, the Afghan elder who they think uh, might be an ally. Um, the characters remark that he has crazy eyes. And then later on, somebody says like, oh, I, you know, I couldn't forget him because his eyes were a different color. Yeah. Did that play at all for you on screen? What do you mean? Did you notice that he, that he, that well, the first time that we saw him, did you, did you think like, oh, his eyes are a different color? Yeah. You did. Okay. Cause I didn't, I didn't catch that detail, um, on the DVD, on the DVD that we were watching. I just, yeah, one was like like it was like a white pupil. Okay. All right. All right. But never mind. That's yeah, not I mean, and that's just an easy way for for Paul Gross's character to get in. Like, it's just a, it's just a, like a narrative well, shorthand for Paul Gross's character to get integrated sure. into the story because. But again, they they never he, explain. He hears that over the radio, and it's like all of sure. a sudden, okay, I, now I know it's this guy, or it well, should be this guy. Uh, okay, give, I'm giving some credit for doing his screenwriter thing and that it comes in right but i but then they don't explain why this guy has like different eyes um, or why he's even part of the story because they want to build higher in the road <laughs> but like why do they do that guy to build the road because this guy that everyone thinks is dead and has no authority in the village he will help them make contacts so they can get the road built into enemy territory but then he ends up that his son like owes money to the other guy and then yep. they kill each other and like it just doesn't make any sense no it doesn't. no it doesn't and then by the end of it both of the guys that they were using to make their contacts are dead they've killed each other and you're gonna give away the whole movie well yeah who cares man and then and then like they save some kids at the end like what the fuck happy ending that's your happy ending what's the point of it the point of it is that the good guys do a good deed. But they accomplish nothing because now they have to rebuild all their contacts to build this road. Oh, they already opened the road. They opened the road? Well, they have the ceremony where they opened the road. I feel like that was just opening the construction of the road. But they've had civilians being picked off while they've been working on the road. Like you're naming things that happened, but I don't see how they're relevant. I'm telling you what happened in this in the movie that was that we're supposed to take. And that as, was another that was done. another weird yeah. shot. Is they 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 cut to the guy who was like the the like, fuck we gotta build this fucking road. Holy bullshit! Um, he he's at the road opening and they're like calling him to say you know it's off like the dudes killed each other, and then he's like petting a goat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like why? That was their offering to the locals. <laughs> I think the goat just wandered into the frame, dude. Oh, maybe. I don't know. There's all this, there's this stuff throughout the movie of like how they make nice of the locals, right? Like, oh, here's some, here's some of your favorite hand cream. Thanks for all that information of the people that we have to <laughs> yeah. kill. Yeah, here's some shampoo yeah. and hand cream. Here's a, and, here's a, and thanks for cleaning my trailer for me. 
Like he, like he seems to be like, he's like, he's like, oh, why are you cleaning the chairs? Why are you cleaning the windows? It's like, dude, just be thankful that some guy who's like your informant is you cleaning your that, shit. Oh, okay. No, I didn't, I didn't make that connection. I didn't know that um, the informant was cleaning Mitchell's trailer. I thought, I thought the informant was living there on the property or something. I thought he was cleaning his own trailer. No, that was Mitchell's trailer. Oh, okay. Because it had, there, there was a photo of Queen Victoria on the wall. Didn't you notice? I did not notice that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> there was in his trailer there's like nothing mm-hmm. like they put no effort into building this this set i guess except for a single tiny framed photo of queen victoria in the top corner it's like oh he's canadian i get it but like why queen victoria i don't get it so i get it but i don't get it was it queen victoria or queen elizabeth i don't know one of the queens well, you recognize it was a queen. Right? I think it was the current queen. The current queen. Okay. Well, the current queen is the head of state for Canada. Yeah, but like that's a load of bullshit too. Why don't? The, 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 none of this makes any sense, man. <laughs> because Mitchell was a monarchist, obviously. So Smart. what? If you missed that, never mind. Some mar- He's a monarchist, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Another weird uh, character bit that I, I didn't understand. Um, in the middle of the movie, there's uh, Mitchell and. Fuck, the, the names are so bland. I don't, Ryan. Ryan, okay, fine. It, I don't even know uh, if that's his name, but we'll, yeah. Sanders, I think on his, on his uniform it says Sanders, Ryan Sanders. Anyway, so these two guys are, um, after they've had a meeting with, um, in, in, in some city, and then there's uh, violence breaks out, and they got to get away, but there's like people on rooftops trying to get them. Yeah. They're, so they're sneaking away through back alleys and between buildings and stuff, right? And when they stop, they go around a corner and there's a kid with a hatchet because he's like, he's killed a chicken for dinner. Yeah. Right. And did you notice like, so Ryan has his uh, gun on him, but he stops, right? Yeah. And then when the other guys go by, um, Mitchell, Mitchell says, (laughs) shoot him. Yeah. And, and then Ryan says, I don't shoot kids. Yeah. Okay. That is a fucked up character moment. No, I know. Because Mitchell, why would Mitchell just, why would he say, just shoot him? Because he's not a threat. No, because uh, it's is there only the is it there only so that Ryan can give that line like oh I don't I don't shoot kids I got to draw I got to draw the line somewhere yeah it's totally fucked up that Mitchell would say that it comes up out of nowhere because there's there's yeah there's just no motivation to do that and that's why I'm so confused by the Mitchell character because like you said like that speech where he's like you know all they want is our money and then but I'm not cynical and like I'm very hopeful and like you know maybe maybe you can make a change but like, if maybe, you, but if you see a kid with a hat just shoot him. And then, but then the other thing is, cause that, and that all sort of happens within the same like 10 minutes is they, ha- they go through that firefight cause the explosion just comes up out of nowhere, which is like, okay, great. Um, just an excuse for another action scene, which is probably a good thing because like that was probably one of the only, like it was, it was certainly one of the better aspects of the movie, like you're saying is the action scenes, but, um, they come out of that, they're back at the base and he's like, whoa, that was some crazy fucking shit yeah. man like yeah. can't even like whoa you know 12 civilians dead and we just got caught right in the middle of it like he's talking he's talking about it as if it's like whoa that was a wild ride like yeah. unbelievable like, can you believe it and he like he comes off as this dude that's like like fucking yeah let's fight some let's kill some terrorists dude like oh, fucking but, whatever yeah but let's then, but let's back up to the beginning of that scene when they are caught up in in the violence um, Ryan says, can you shoot? 
And and Mitchell says, "No, I'm intelligence." Yeah, like he doesn't have experience on the field. Yeah, and then he yeah, and then he talks like that. It's yeah. just it's it's, it's kind of like it almost seems like it's Paul Gross is like ego tripping because he's got to be this character who's big and large. Yeah. But but the the details of the character don't match up. No. Yeah. And like he he wrote the movie. Like, what the fuck? I don't get it. Well, it's just it's just all over the place. No, yeah. but but he was given money to make a movie that he wrote. Go on. No, that's it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> like, I don't understand it. <laughs> I'm not sure what. Okay, all right. But no, like, 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 you write a movie, like, make the characters consistent. Yeah, you would think he should, yeah. Mm. Unless it's just, unless it's just the Mitchell character is only consistent for um, having to be the kind of personality that Paul Gross wants to play. But he comes off as many personalities. Yeah. Yeah, it's inconsistent. Do you want to, do you want to touch on anything else? No, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Okay. There's one more thing I wanted to touch on. Yeah. Um, if this was just like a, a straight action movie that was made in the Hollywood system, would it be better or worse? Well, I mean, you know, you can debate that. But I think this would have been, this is what would have been different if it was made um, with people who normally make action movies and have experience with it and, and are just clear about, like, I just want to make an action movie. Yeah. There would have been a character who showed up at the beginning who is new to the squad. And somebody else would be like, oh, you were sent from such and such and you, you have a mission or you don't have a mission. Let me introduce you to the characters. Yeah. Let me show you around the base. Let me tell you like what the area is like. And let me explain why everybody has a weird tattoo. And what we're doing. Yeah. There would have been that... that um, Whereas it takes about an hour and 45 minutes to get to that point in this movie. Yeah. And, and still there's unanswered questions. Like, does, like, why do people have weird tattoos in, in this thing? And, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just, it's, it's missing that, that courtesy to the audience of like, let's, let's find a way to introduce you to the scene. Instead, we get the, 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 the bad voiceover and, uh, and we get a bunch of characters that are inconsistent and we don't care about them. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, know that you can say like it would be better if it were made in hollywood but but i think it would just be clearer what its intentions are well no because i think a, a canadian filmmaker could conceivably make a good war movie it just happens that this one isn't yeah <laughs> i'm just all right i'm gonna i'm gonna rack my brain after the recording and see if I can think of examples of, of just good standard war movies that don't have to, uh, that don't have to be more than just an action movie yeah. uh, from Canada. But anyway. From Canada. Well, yeah, I don't know that any exist, really. You don't think so? Maybe not. Um, maybe Passchendaele. Maybe not. I haven't heard anything good about it, have you? Yeah. No, yeah. I haven't. Okay, we'll get around to it. Yeah. Yeah, depending on if, if this uh, podcast uh, stays alive long enough. Yeah, I just I was just thinking there's um, like there's even the movie about um, Romeo Dallaire, um, shake hands with the devil. Uh, anyway, but that one is it's coached in based on real incidents, and we have to like be respectful about the real people involved, and uh, and this is the true portrait of what it is like being in Rwanda and all. Right? Okay. Yeah, because because that couldn't just be a standard war movie, action movie either. That had to be like about something serious. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, all right, I'm getting a little bit off. We're getting, maybe we're uh, drifting a bit. I think we spent enough time on this movie. Ready to wrap up, yeah. Yeah, so um, we go to our uh, recurring bits. Uh, the first is, what makes a Canadian? Did you know, did you recognize anything that would have revealed it being Canadian? Well, one thing that we've talked about in the past is the use of profanity. Yeah. More as just colorful language than like as an aggressive more american use of profanity and um this movie's just full of just complete nonsense just like fuck god damn sure. oh shit especially the character the the general character played by clark johnson yeah like his 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 character is defined by the fact that he just swears a lot yeah yeah and then and then there was even another one where the guys on the radio and like i don't remember exactly what happened but like it before cutting to the next scene it just ends with it god damn <laughs> just like, there's just a ton of so yeah. I think it's a bad use of Canadian profanity in this particular instance. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an example of just how it's a bit too casually done. Like yeah. everyone in the in like the war rooms too, uh, when they're they're talking to people in the field and there's people managing it behind the scenes, they, all of them are just saying like "fuck" over the radio. It's like yeah. you would just think you should keep it more professional and yeah. like you know not not waste well, especially because they're they're using all the jargon of the niner niner quebec quebec four four five niner yeah and then but then they're also just throwing in all kinds of fucks <laughs> yeah yeah bizarre um oh you referenced it earlier but of course there's there's hockey they uh, yeah. they squeezed in hockey into this movie <laughs> and there was uh, i guess monarch worship <laughs> okay um there's uh there's a native character who yeah. isn't a stereotype but he just he's just in the background to let he's you know he's also not really given anything to do nothing at all but yeah. they, they they make, make a it point pretty of, clear that he's a native character yeah but and they also make it a point to include him on one on one mission but then don't show him on that mission yeah i didn't remember him being on the, but they they no. said uh, this time you'll stand down and yeah like, when well, did no, he ever yeah get so the first the first time he's introduced it's like you get to join us now. You're you're part of the crew, and then the second time it's like now you can't join. <laughs> so it's just strange, yeah. yeah. And the recurring use of that of that trailer, um, Mitchell's trailer location. I just thought it was. It just felt kind of cheap that we just kept returning. It just seemed so easy that we kept returning to that. And every point. time he was, he he would introduce it by some other component of the trailer that the guy yeah. was cleaning and then he would it's, say oh let's have some tea it's it's not a it was not a good running joke and it yeah it's just yeah the that location being reused too much i thought it just kind of stunk as uh, a canadian thing mm -hmm. yeah. so we're, we we got to rate this thing out of uh, our uh, leaf system 51 maybe 51 all right that's our next prime number i'm guessing great it was something in the 40s last time, I sure. think. All right. Well, 22 then. Sure. Or 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's like a reverse of the maximum. That's so yeah. it's it's like inverse maximum. Yeah. Yeah, because maybe that'll cancel out the movie. It'll be like a like a noise canceling earphones where they just if we can if we can put in the exact color image that's the opposite of the images in the movie then it would reverse and it wouldn't exist anymore but then if it didn't exist bring me the head of tim horton wouldn't exist and that would be a travesty <laughs> because it is fantastic all right well i gotta check out bring me the head of tim horton then yeah. after after this one all right it has Guy Lafleur disco music in it <laughs> what's that there's like there's like some some Guy Lafleur did an album where he's like giving motivational 
quotes and like telling giving like hockey strategy over top of disco music oh okay and that is used in the soundtrack of bring me the head of tim Horton, and it is fantastic all right okay so we come away from this show with uh with a strong recommendation for bring me the head of tim Horton. yes all right thanks for joining me today alexander um listeners our uh, website is filmedincanada.net um you'll find our you'll find links to our other episodes we have some written reviews up there as well and uh, find us on the itunes store leave comments if uh if you're alive leave us a comment email us at filmedincanada at gmail.com and uh you can find me on twitter at married to a fly that's with a t-o married to a fly all right and please join us again <laughs> <laughs>